oceans. Two oceans will begin. Seems fairly obvious. <clears throat> Ooh, wait a minute. The words. Right, right, right. Say the words. <clears throat> Klaatu! Barata! Hmm? Necktie. Nectar. Nickel. Welcome to the Tuitions Podcast, where myself, Sue Fire, along with my friend and knowledgeable colleague Scrumby, discuss film and other media through a decades-long lens of mass media consumption. In this episode, we'll be starting our Halloween horror series, covering what makes great horror. This is the Tuitions Podcast, and so light the candles, draw the curtains, and pull out the Ouija board as we begin episode four. And if you look at the scariest, well, in my mind, scariest films, um, Shining, no jump scares, right? Um, uh, too pedestrian for Kubrick. Too pedestrian, right. Um, and back when we were kids, like probably the biggest jump scare that I remember is that end to Friday the 13th. That was so successful, it's been copied to oh. oblivion. It's, it's just useless now. It, it one, it's the jump scare, and two, it's the false security at the end of the movie. Yeah, um, and it's just been done to death, hasn't it? By and large, although it's, I think you know some of the more recent stuff. Now you'll see it more employed tactically, like an homage in some of the better films now. So there'll be, and you're like, oh, nice use of a jump scare. Didn't I? Didn't expect the jump scare. Jump scared me. Like, I didn't expect to see a jump scare because they've moved so far past it that now it's like, hey, remember these? We're just going to show you what these use are. Oh, good. That was well done. And then we move on. I like a good jump scare. But but I think you need to be tactical with it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of some examples of this, but they're films that use it really early on and it instantly puts the audience on jitters. Oh, I'll tell you what, The Descent. I don't you, you know the movie about the women that go caving oh, yes. um, and uh, there, there's there's a bit of the beginning um, where you have some backstory and there's a great jump scare <laughs> that comes out of nowhere. Um, but then that sets you on edge. Um, right. And sometimes no, if I remember, it's like that's really the only one. Isn't it? Or, or that's our that, that's the thing is you could set up the jump scare and then everyone's nervous about when yeah. that's going to appear again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it never appears because that's the whole point is that, uh, that, you know, the audience are on the edge of their seat. And, you know, the, uh, I mean, there's just to show the positive example of where it's employed. Like I think once in the movie, 
um, uh, the Exorcist uh, Part Three, or uh, uh, yeah, Exorcist Part Three. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember scare. that one very well. The um, jump scare that's in there. I mean, I could we could do spoilers or we could keep it free, but the one in there is just that's okay. to me that's the top. It's that in the background, isn't it? I, I, it's so good that I can rewatch it, know it's coming, and still, it still hits. You know? uh, d- does that have to do with someone passing from door to door in the background? It's uh, down a hallway. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> Did I just see that? Yeah. And, and also, too, that. Uh, just, just thinking of it too. It's also what the jump scare is when there's that are the most effective, like in the descent and, and the Exorcist three. Those um, because the consequences are devastating. There's actual something harmful. Right. There's something you know as part of a horror movie, right? Um, versus one where like, oh, the noise was just a cat or oh, false jump scare. I yeah, hate exactly. That. It's just that one's I think just so lazy. Uh, unless you're making a complete joke about it, which uh, I think think some people have. I'm just not calling any examples to mind. (laughs) Oh, hi, neighbor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's just a neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, what we were just talking about there and setting that jump scare early, uh, another thing I've got down is I think in horror films, it's really important to keep the audience off balance. Um, just be unpredictable, you know, um, do things like, uh, question the trust in the character or characters. Mm-hmm. Um, who can you trust? Will the protagonists stick together or will they turn against each other? Um, and on the first point of trust, you have films like invasion of the body snatchers, the thing, um, event horizon, Rosemary's baby, uh, you know, all those folk horror ones, um, even Get Out or Alien, right? Mm-hmm. You've got this sort of questioning whether the group, who within the group you can trust and whether or not the group is going to hold together, right? Um, actually, that holding together of a group or a family is something that you see in Hereditary or The Descent, like we mentioned before, where you know it can go south really quickly or uh, Blair Witch, right? Um, you know, they're, they're friends at the very start of the movie, but then as things go on, you know, everyone's kind of out for themselves and then, you know, you get yeah. the repercussions from that. Um, and thinking about zombie stories, they're, they're most entirely about who you can trust. Um, you know, the, the threat is less the zombies than the human beings. And the breakdown you know? of society, right? Right, right. Um, and it's that whole thing, in, like, just keep your audience off balance. And um, I suppose another thing that happens in a lot of the horror movies I like is that trust in perspective. Is what we're seeing the truth? <laughs> is this a reliable narrator? Do they have all the information to draw the conclusions that they have? You know? Um, yeah. And for films with, like, monsters or supernatural, you know, I love it when he, they don't explain everything about the rules around the monster, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. it just is. It just is, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose that's another thing about movies with monsters in them. Keep them mysterious. I don't want to see them, <laughs> you know, like a Wikipedia entry. I, you know, look, you, just just think about the, the, the first two Alien movies. Very yeah. rarely do you see them full on. 
right? And right. usually, maybe if you do see them full on, it's in silhouette, so you don't really catch all the detail. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, but but then, and I think the mistake that Jeanne made in the third one was we saw them swimming through the water in the light and. Mm, it was CG as well. So, you know, maybe yeah. that has something to do with it as well. Yeah. I think that's the big part. You know, again, it's tactical, right? Again, like we talked about with the jump scares, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, more thought to it than just saying we're or then relying it on it as a gimmick. Because I will yeah. I will take the dude in the rubber suit uh, just about any time over CGI. Right. Uh, when it comes, especially, you know, and that's a, a horror more so than any where it's like, dude, you could, you could do the practical effects and like, it, it's going to be better if you do the practical, <laughs> just that. Well, you're uh, going to get a more real reaction from the people that are there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you, can you imagine? Well, I don't think you don't have to imagine uh, the thing remake or that was supposed to be the prequel or whatever. I didn't watch it. Um, it's all CG. And it's just like, it hits so hollow <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, again, some good, you know, some decent performances in there. They try to set mm-hmm. the mood up. All right. Uh, you know, it's good at talking about the first movie, but it's still, it, there's a lot of other things why it's totally off balance and shouldn't have been done in the first place. But um, yeah, compare that to you know, the glory that is the original right. and the practical effects. And just like, you could not, you know, we're reacting as the audience, as a viewer, we're reacting with them. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's just going to hit harder when it's practical, when it's something they're physically in or having to interact with. Uh, you know, back to prey. It's a dude in a suit. You know, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it oh just... man, you you feel it. You feel it. And and do you know what? I I wasn't sure. <laughs> you know, for some of the bits, and I, I was at the extent that that I went back and was like. Oh, it was real. Well, no wonder yeah. the performances were so good. Yeah, some you know? of it you just assume, right? You're like, right. oh, well, surely they just did that. Nope, nope. They had people that were just good enough. No, there, yep. there are good enough physical, you know, <laughs> actors out there to, to accomplish these things. So, yeah, you know, or uh, you know, talking about uh, Descent, you know, his earlier film, Dog Soldiers. Uh, you oh. know, they were on the lower budget, so they couldn't do CGI. So they had right. to have dudes in werewolf costumes. Oh. They're good though, and they're mm. really good. But you also to go kind of counter to your point, which I get though of the of the monster reveal, right? Is that you see mm. them in full, and you know that was the in full light, you know, and that was the uh, that whole thing with the uh, um, Rick Baker doing the effects on you know American Werewolf, and then the uh, uh, the Howling, and those both coming out the same year. Yeah, I'll change my response a little bit. Is 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 is, is, is <laughs> keep it hidden, but like, like okay, Alien Queen I think is a good example where you never you, you they keep dropping hints that there's a queen. You mm-hmm. see the eggs, you don't really see her. You see bits of her, and they save the reveal for a point when it really has an impact. So you get to the the conclusion, right? And there she is in all her glory. And again, but incredible, you know, they, they, they mocked it out with like cardboard and garbage bags. Garbage bags. It's yeah, just right. this giant, giant yeah. thing that's, 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 you know, as seen on screen. It's a, you know, they're not lying to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, then they I, don't I, hold back, right? Right. Or, or American Werewolf. You never see the werewolf for a really long time. But when you do, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I think you get a full on shot 
of the werewolf in the underground. But you get from a, a split. Distance, uh, a that, split that. second, but yeah, an impre- impressive split second. Yes, know? exactly. It's, again, yeah. tactical, right? It's right. Just, just going in there much more reserved. And you know, a lot of times they're doing that because of budget. You know, we can't animate or have this full werewolf, but we can do a head. And right. So you just see the teeth and the nose, you know, the snout and, and that, and like, okay, you know, this this works. <laughs> Actually, Hatching, which um, I watched yesterday as well, and I really enjoyed that. But there is a bit in the middle where I think they showed the thing a bit too much. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was actually starting to starting to lose faith, uh, but it's fine. It 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 takes an unexpected turn, but um, yeah, it's seeing the creature there, and 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 I'll give them this: it is practical, right? They they built mm-hmm. the thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it took away some of the mystery at that point. They gained it back again, but I wish they hadn't dipped like that in the middle. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, but it's a good movie, by the way. <laughs> um, oh, the other one about keeping the audience off balance, and this is kind of keeping the audience off balance, is um, uh, the isolation of your protagonists. So, mm-hmm. cabin in the woods, empty hotel in the winter, Arctic base, aboard a spaceship uh, or on the ocean, and then you know, in some remote place. Or uh, even just social isolation, right? Um, so you got movies. I don't know if you saw Saint Maud. I saw that recently. That's pretty good. Uh, or Repulsion, or Censor, or The Babadook. Even mm-hmm. though these people are mixing with other people, they're kind of isolated people. You know, the characters, or at least the situation they're in, and they feel like they can't really sort of share it with anyone. Like in Poltergeist, the, the family are very social at the start of the movie. But as soon as they start to have their problems, they kind of feel like they can't really share it with anyone mm-hmm. uh, until they get the clairvoyant in. Um, but yeah, I think that isolation's a, a big one. It seems to sort of span across a lot of the movies that that uh, I quite like. Well, it goes like it goes two ways, like right, like uh, some of them, like some of the more recent, like between uh, Insidious or. Uh, uh, What's the other series with the same actor, dude? Uh, the Conjuring. Conjuring ones, where the the families uh, have to, or there are people that have to reach out, right, to get help. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, kind of, they have to expand, you know, their expand their area of expertise. And fortunately, you know, those they do it, uh, uh, in fortunately in the non uh, non racist ways or such, where you're like, oh, well, you know, usually in horror films, it's like, oh, well, we need to go see you know, the, the gypsy or the, right. you know, the bruja or the, you know, fill in whatever ethnic uh, thing you, you're trying to go for or something there, you know, yeah. uh, where they just become, and those people become <laughs> these tokens, right? It's like, oh, well they're brown skin. So they're going to be closer to the supernatural. Like, cause there's a, there's a weird racism that you know, runs through a lot of horror movies. Uh, Poltergeist too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but but that idea, right? Of just uh, uh, you know that when you when you and when you're talking, you know, so when you, you know talking about the branching out, but talking about also you know be, being smart about, you know, it's like oh okay, the priest is going to come in because they're they're more in touch with the supernatural. It's like no, they're not. 
<laughs> Come on. I mean, it works in the exorcist. Leave it alone after that. You know, what, do, do you know what? Actually, talking about the sort of like holy supernatural stuff, I, I have to call out the the wreck movie, or at least the first two wreck movies. A couple of my all time favorites, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was done so well there that they held it back. Like, like it goes, it's a zombie movie, and then eventually, as as these little clues sort of drop that there might be something kind of satanic. Mm-hmm. going on um by that point it was like, like it was scary enough man <laughs> you're taking it up a notch now um and it was a bit um in the mouth of madness i thought or no mm-hmm. no prince of darkness prince of darkness oh, is yeah. what it reminded me of mm-hmm. yeah and i suppose another thing about that isolation is uh doubling up the threat like um say for example in the witch even before anything supernatural comes into frame the family is already in a really dire situation trying to survive on their own in the wilderness um so you had the wilderness as almost another antagonist mm-hmm. and with the thing as well it's like, like well you could stay on the base but you probably get taken over by an alien or you could go out there and die <laughs> you know there's like no choice um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I think sort of doubling up the threat like that makes it uh, makes enhances things. Yeah, there was one. I don't know if you saw it was a Canadian one called Pontypool, and it all yes, uh, I saw that. It's the radio station, yep. isn't it? It all takes place in the radio station, mm. and only from their perspective. Yeah, really good. Really, everything is that. going to hell outside, and they have to deal with it like we do. And I thought that was great. I thought that was so well done. God, we've watched uh, a lot of movies if we bust Monty Pool. <laughs> exactly. If I could bust that out and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, duh. <laughs> Anyone listening, Ponty? That's a real name. You're making stuff up. I'm turning off. We're we're gonna have to put a list next to uh each oh. of these podcasts so people can look them up. <laughs> exactly. Um Oh, another yeah. one though, uh isolation hmm. thing that though that works. Um and it's the uh Kind of like the descent in a way where you you, you end up mm. you can't escape, so you end up going deeper in, right? And that's another. Right. It's a bit of a trope, but you can do it really well. Um, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Ooh, I don't know if you've seen yeah. that one. I that's, have seen that one. They, they start. They have to go in deeper, and the deeper they are, the more they're screwing themselves. And, <laughs> and you can see that's going to happen, but you can't stop. You're like, but they got to find out, right? They got to figure this out. Actually. Uh, you know, Pontypool and Jane Doe are quite similar in a way in terms of being like at a single location in the movie, Mm -hmm. Uh, a pretty basic premise, but they really do well with, with what they've got. Well, and so that's another thing that we're talking about what makes a good horror for me. That's one of the the keys for me that where where horror can really work uh, is basic premise. You know, ultimately something pretty simple. Super focused. Uh, Exactly. You know, don't get, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things you can pile onto it or extrapolate from it, but you know, at the basic core, it's like, what is the threat? What is the horror, uh, you know, aspect? And, but you know, don't convolute that. Yeah. I I think that's what I meant about like not giving too much information to the audience um, as well, because, it, it then it loses all its mystery when you yeah. start throwing in all this world building. It's like, I, I don't care. Like I, I, you, you can do the world building. Sure. When you're writing the script, don't show the audience. Um, like I, when Blair Witch came out, I could tell 
that they started building up all this lore mm-hmm. in the background. They didn't show it all on screen. You know, I think the interviews at the beginning kind of hinted towards stuff and it was all pretty vague <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you had enough room to kind of interpret it, which made the, you know, finale that much scarier. Cause it was like the sure. one bit of information that you had that was mm-hmm. kind of concrete. Um, and there it was. Um, yeah. I, and I think also with what we're talking about, sort of doubling up threat as well, is that sort of it enhances that isolation mm-hmm. and all, you know, all the threats that you throw at the characters, um, you know, even in those two movies that we just talked about, there's always this thing about, are the characters going to stick, stick it out together or are they going right. to just like, you know, this is, this is, yeah. yeah, disintegrate dire situation to hear mm-hmm. everyone out for themselves kind of thing. Well, and there's two things with that, that setup as well. When you're building that mood and establishing all that, there's one, it's, it's basically, uh, and you know, so many horror movies and sci-fi movies do this where they go into the space that this, whatever the horror occupies or that they find, you know, that kind of like there's this weird contempt uh, almost for the characters. And, uh, you know, Blair Witch has that, you know, it's the, it's that thing. They go in to the place they shouldn't. And it's basically like, you know, that's, you know, again, one of those core horror things is, uh, you know, the, uh, turning the tables on man's hubris and man right. thinking they are uh, kings of this domain when they're not. Uh, but the other, but but it can go wrong, right? It's like, like no, you went into you know these movies like oh they went to the bottom of the ocean they found bad stuff like don't go to the bottom of the ocean, you know it's <laughs> it's like the premise is just like come on okay that's kind of neat I get I don't know right um, versus the other is where there's the multi character. Uh, setups versus you know where you have kind of expanded cast where you have characters that you want to see die right you want them to get killed. oh right you know yeah Blair yeah, Blair Witch I, it's like I want them all dead now when when does yeah. this happen when does the when does the witch show up and kill them uh, you know kind of TikTok uh, yeah. you know you don't pull for anybody uh, you're not really rooting for anyone and rather than you know because there's this weird uh, I don't know if it's um, you know, misogyny or something like that. I don't know what the oh, term is. Yeah. Misanthropy is like hate, hate yeah. people. I, because yeah, yeah. This is, that's the whole setup of you're next, isn't it? Uh, kind of, but they actually, and to spoil it, you know, they actually kind of, I think, pull out of that. They realize that's what it is. And it becomes then this other story of like, oh, then why are they? You know, they actually, I think that in that, that's a good example of them playing it smart. It does start that way. Yeah. Uh, but they switch gears very creatively. And make something a lot strong, like pull that to the commentary of like, yeah, this is why this is happening. But so often, and so many crappy ones, especially after Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, you know, serve <laughs> serve teenagers yeah. up on a platter, and it becomes this weird, judgmental, uh, you know, conservative, judgmental. Kind oh yeah, of totally. Thing. The, those the rules. Yeah, we know what the yeah. rules are. We know who's going to die. Um, yeah. Or, or did you see Ready or Not? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's quite similar to um, You Are Next as well mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, uh, what and, did you think of that hunt. one? Uh, and The Hunt. I would throw that I'd, in I've yet well. to see that one. It's on my list. Oh, that's good. Um, kind of moves it moves the goalposts as well as like uh, Ready or Not. No, I liked, right. uh, I liked Ready or Not just because, again, it kept it simple, but it kept yeah. everything up front. They're like, oh, yeah, this is why we're doing this. It wasn't like yeah. this really grand reveal. I mean, it kind of was at the end, right? Because you just finally got the information. <laughs> uh, 
And there's like, oh, if we don't do this, things are going to go wrong. You know, and it's that weird thing, kind of like you bump into with superhero movies. Will right. this evil danger, whatever, is it a threat just to the people there? So basically you go into the evil's house and it, it screws with you and you're like, oh no, like what well, you went in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, so is it just a threat in that location to that spot to those people? Or is it the, uh, again, like the broader, uh, uh, like superhero movies do. Oh, well, every time we have to save the world. Not every story you have to save the world. Sometimes the threat is very immediate, oh, very yeah, close in, yeah. uh, you know, like the thing, you know, that's. The, the alien has the potential to wreak this havoc, right? Uh, yeah. It's just a, the isolated setting is like they, they realize that's the, you know, that's the last line of defense kind of thing yeah. versus, uh, you know, something else where uh, uh, you could pull up like Psycho, for example, and say Norman Bates is a threat to others that happen upon this, you know, remote section of road in the middle of nowhere. I wonder if that whole thing about it having to affect the world is like um, something that's come out of old movies, so that like fifties mm-hmm. and sixties, because the science mm-hmm. fiction there was always had to be about the the end of the entire world. Yeah. Whereas I think we've gone past that now, but some some people haven't realized that yet. But yeah, it becomes like oh, oh no, and it's like oh, the ghost is just going to harm them. Oh. Okay, well, then, but then you know, at least they're not treating it like you know. It's like okay, that's a that's a threat. That's a present thing. You know, uh, again, go to the Insidious movies or something like that. You know, it's like oh right. yeah, the evil's in your house or in your family. Uh, paranormal Activity did that too. They're like you yeah. know, it's like you know, it's like well, why don't you just move? And they do, and it still follows them. You know, I'm like, I, right. that's a good idea. You know, I, I like that idea. Uh, I mean, in in it's, it's also just on a bit of a side note. It made me think of something. It's like the Bond movies as well get quite boring for that as well. It's like mm-hmm. this is going to be the end of the world kind of thing. Whereas if I think back to the Bond movies that I found most interesting, um, I thought License to Kill was kind of interesting because that was a lot more of a closed story and kind of a vengeance story and almost not mm-hmm. a bond story. It didn't have all those markers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting when they kind of stray off the path. Well, and the underrated um, Timothy Dalton in that role too. Oh yeah. Timothy Dalton's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot fuzz. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. The same thing about not giving the information uh, too much information to the audience, I think is, is really important because the second the audience feels comfortable in a horror movie, you know, you've kind of killed it. Um, you know, having that sort of mystery. Uh, actually, that's something that the foreign language horror films have an advantage over because they have an inbuilt kind of virtue of showing us something unfamiliar. Right. And, At least for, uh, for us, right? <laughs> for English speaking people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ones that matter. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it adds yeah it adds the ones that are, the ones who are right. <laughs> um, oh dear, yeah. fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the, the, but but that that mystery of, of like I, I think some movies you know I, I, some people don't respond well to that kind of what the fuck am I looking at mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um, whereas I do I I I yeah. I, I, I love I, I I hate it when I walk out and at the end they go they do the Scooby-Doo thing of, of this is an explanation <laughs> of everything that's happened. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. God, I didn't really need that. You know, oh, oh, I think the best horror movies actually leave it kind of open. And I'm thinking here of like the thing or invasion of the body snatchers or um, even the first alien film to, to, to degree. And then Halloween, you know, 
the body's not under the balcony anymore kind of thing. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that they don't completely kind of shut it off at the end. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because then you get to take home the worry of, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, what else did I put on my list? Um, grit. And I mention this every week. Grit. I just like having some grit <laughs> in the movies. If it's too glossy, you know, I, I I think that's what lost me on the 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 Scream series. They were just a bit too damn clean for my liking. Do you know what I mean? They 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 felt a bit. Mm. I mean, yeah. in, in, I really like the first one, but you know, I yeah. I don't know, it's just a bit too film setty kind of cleanliness that doesn't feel convincing to me. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and and another one is subtlety. And I suppose that kind of goes back to not giving too much information. And also sort of straying away from the 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 tropes of horror. Mm-hmm. Like it follows was really interesting. I was gonna bring that one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones that 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 dares to have horror in, in broad daylight and manages to be really fucking scary. I, I think and the beach does, scene Yeah, no go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that just the beach scene, just, just, well, <laughs> yeah. And well, the, and for me, that one too, in terms of, uh, uh, kind of upending tropes is everything where they try to catch it. They do the whole, you know, think of this, the whole pool scene. Right. And it fails. Uh, and yeah, I've had, yeah. I've talked to so many people about that movie that are just like, Oh, that was so stupid. Like, why'd you waste the time of that? I'm like, but that's what would happen. You're like, okay, we think we yeah. can do that. Like, yeah. they included yeah. it. They they weren't successful. Hooray. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't go by your rules. You're like, you're doing your best you can, and your best isn't good enough. You know, that's, you know, which happens a lot in horror movies, right? They're trying to get away. Just as well, you get tripped, you, you get whatever. Uh, uh, but, you know, in that one, I, I love the fact that they included that bit of like, Oh yeah, we're gonna do this. We got this plan, and oh crap, our plan is garbage. It didn't. Work. Oh, but, but, but you know what that sets up though? If is 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 okay, they got a plan. Like I, I, I think they had something similar in Tremors as well. Um, well, yeah, you, you, you try the plan, okay, it fails, and then by the time the story gets along to the next plan, you actually aren't thinking, yeah, this is gonna work because this is getting toward the end of the movie. You've okay. got some, it's just, they planted doubt in your mind as mm-hmm. to whether or not their plans work. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, yeah, this is what I mean. Just, just stay away from the tropes. Like kids can't die. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are the people who have to live, you know, play against those and you'll go far. Exactly. <laughs> you'll do far. You'll do well. Um, what else do I, have? oh, gore and brutality. Now, um, this is similar to the jump scare in that I think it needs to be used sparingly. Um, and if you're going to have gore, really think about why you're using it. Um, I mean, if you, again, just like the jump scares, if you use it early to maximize the threat, uh, but then build tension on holding that back, because you, if you establish in the first five minutes that this horrible thing can happen, then you're kind of nervous for the rest of the film, just like with the jump scares. Uh, but if you're using it constantly, then, you know, eventually the audience is just going to be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, 
And if you are going to use it, make sure that there's a point to it other than it being torture porn, please, um, <laughs> or a misguided idea that brutality equals reality. Um, looking at you, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, uh, I, I think Trier's, some of Trier's films, maybe Antichrist especially, treads a fine line in this one. <laughs> and uh, certainly there are films that have some shocking scenes but they're used sparingly to increase the impact. And I'm thinking here about uh, Mother, exclamation point, mm. um, has one of the most shocking scenes in it, but it's really the only scene in the whole movie that's like that. Mm -hmm. So the impact by the time that you get to that scene hits really hard. I mean, it would have hit hard anyhow, but yeah. It hit even harder because the whole movie did not prepare you for right. any gore whatsoever, you know. Um, yeah. I say, yeah, that or you go the total opposite and just go over the top with it, you know, again, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Oh, uh, right. Well, yeah. Champions of that, right? Of just. Like, you know, we could go this way, but we're going to go this way instead. <laughs> and it's just hundreds and hundreds of gallons of gore just to... Right. Uh, right. To, to, to kind of, you know, pull it, pull it out for comedic effect and realize it's like, okay, it's still a movie, guys. I, I just have to say, because I don't think we've talked about this, but I'm so grateful that Ash and the Evil Dead had three seasons. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Far, far better than it should have been. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. So, and Bruce Campbell. Wow. Um, well, and, and you, like, you, you make like, your uh, you make your beloved main character and kind of a dick. Yeah. That's what and, I, <laughs> well, I like the new characters as well. Oh yeah, they were fantastic. You know? Yeah, really, really good. And they fit so so well in mm -hmm. in with that universe. Did you see the episode of Creep Show, which had the Deadites in it? Yes, which was fantastic. I again introduced another character to the Evil Dead universe that I would gladly watch in a movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I thought that was really well done. But uh, you know, again, there's that. Uh, again, as you were talking before, you know, it's that consistency, right? Of uh, we we, yeah. we play them this way. That's how they fit in. We'll build things around it. You know, when when you've got it thought out and fleshed out, you know, it's going to be. Uh, uh, easier to sell, easier to accomplish the horror movie thing that you want to, you're trying to get across rather than, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, having to reinvent the wheel. But if you think about Evil Dead as well, even though there's, 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 there's a lot of stuff happening and a lot of blood and gallons and buckets and buckets, um, it's, it's, it's done in a way that is quite cartoony. Do you know what, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if mm -hmm. you wrote it, wrote it down in paper, someone would be like, my God, you can't have that in a movie. <laughs> right. But you see it uh, in context, and it's quite funny. Um, and, and you think about the, out, out the uh, remake, or whatever they call it, of Evil Dead uh, that was done in... The reimagining. The reimagining. Um, and that has gore in it, too. But... but it, it's a lot more mean spirited than, than right. the original. Um, yeah. And, and, and two, two different things. They're going after two different things there. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot that, that was, I found that a hard one to watch. <laughs> I, I had to watch it as an evil dead fan. I I'm still to this day, not quite sure what I think about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, 
torn and like, why didn't you just make a different mm. movie? Why do you have to right. remake this? But uh, using it in context of addiction and, uh, you know, oh, I thought that was a good idea. Of it, mm. I thought that was really well done. Like it, it was, I, I hate to say tastefully done, but there's mm. a certain uh, reality they get used as like, that's the real horror and just yeah. losing this control and uh, being lost to it. You know, it's usually in a horror film when that happens to a character, it's like a, for, for whatever reason, they're, you know, basically hypnotized by right. something, some aspect of the, of the horror possessed. of the evil and, yeah. or possessed or something. And they, uh, and they lose all fact, but you never understand why you're like, okay, so it's not going to impact our character because they're our main character, you know, uh, yeah. or, or something, you know, there's never an explanation. It's, it's lazy, right. which again, mm. you, 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 uh, akin to our previous episode, uh, event horizons like that for me, I hate that movie. Oh, I hate that movie so much. Such a it, good it premise is, and they spoil it. And that's part of it, you know, uh, uh, but it's the same thing. The Some of them go like nuts. About the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, but Lawrence Fisherman's okay. Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> but why, you know, it's like, come on, just like, just a little bit more. It's all it takes. Just a little bit more. <laughs> well, well, given the director, I think it's his best effort. Yeah. Okay. We'll Which give him a participation right? trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that thing, you know, everybody's got one, at least one good movie in them, probably. Some of them never find it. <laughs> Rob Zombie. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what else do I have on here? CG is not scary. Yeah, I think I think we already touched on that. We talk about practical, practical effects quite a lot. But I think a good example of the alternative is... Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, which has a lot of special effects that would by default be CGI now, mm-hmm. but they oh, did like through, the you know, um, uh, in the Poltergeist remake, they did. No, no, no. I'm talking about the original Poltergeist. Right. Um, but in terms uh, of the, the UC. Right, right, right. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, there'd be a bunch of CG and all that. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, the original, when they created the ghosts and they put them underwater and then filmed them at high speed mm-hmm. and then slowed it down, you know, um, you know, it's 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 been being superimposed into the picture, but it's blended quite well. Mm-hmm. And there's something unearthly about it, which is perfect if you've mm-hmm. got a ghost. Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and, but I will give that uh, some of the elements probably could have can be cg so for example when mm-hmm. carolan goes up to the television and kind of a ghostly smoky hand comes out of the television and and you can tell that was hand animated now right. i think that could be replaced by cgi right mm-hmm. and and you'd get a more natural movement it'd look more convincing that's okay but the ghosts i think would not work as well as they do, I, like I, I, I remember the first time watching Poltergeist and being so freaked out that there's this thing with the long arms hunched down mm-hmm. in the hallway, and uh, just an amazing effect. And I don't think it would have had the impact if it was CG. Yeah, and uh, I think you know there's there's examples of uh, you know when it's employed well, but you also you may maybe you're using new technology, but you're also employing it. You know, whoever's doing it is taking the care to make sure it's not going to look stupid. Right. Uh, and you can look at the Frighteners that yes. way. Yes. The effects in that are fantastic. 
what and for having no budget and doing it you know so many years before it seemed like they were ahead you know whatever oh, totally. Weta was doing or something at the time they just seemed to be ahead of the curve you know in a lot of ways right because they were uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know more of a passion project perhaps or something like that but you know uh, the, the effects of it, I mean they still hold up too it's oh, still they totally looks do. great and the, the whole thing with the ghost coming out of the wallpaper and you know distorting that and everything like that's like that's also you know it's in your home so the setting is like something normal yeah, it's in yeah. full light uh you know there's just on and on and then it also ties in you know the, the, the there's the bridge there between the cg and like because you've got someone who can see ghosts and then you've right. got someone who's you know basically uh screwing a ghost you know and, and <laughs> you've got this weird like uh people crossing over there so it's like okay let's oh, make that work it's better than uh, and I think, you know, again, it takes, you just give it the extra attention it's going to deserve, right? Uh, and then yeah. it can come across as fantastic. I mean, you're just watching it, you're like, wow. I mean, is the movie nope. perfect? No. But is it very entertaining? Yes. It That that, that movie should have done so much better than it did. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. For Jeffrey Combs alone. Oh my God, Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> Jeffrey Combs, you know, Je- you know, Reanimator, yeah, we, we, which we'll get onto at some point over these Halloween episodes. But Jeffrey yeah. Combs, bless him, and he he played the uh, the question on uh, the animated Justice League, oh, um, really, which is. Yeah, you're going to have to look it up on YouTube. It's about as perfect as you can imagine. You know, imagine Jeffrey Combs' voice just coming up with these um, conspiracies Uh off the back (laughs) of his research. Right off of uh, of Frighteners. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's for me, you know, the big things apart. Well, you know, in addition to what you've mentioned to him is uh, uh, one of those things is uh, performances. You know, what performance do you ask for and what do you get out of your cast, you know, like, uh, you know, some of them, sometimes it's very, uh, basic ask, you know, just, mm. we just need screen Queens or, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, there's, you know, better actors are going to pull in, you know, like what's, the, what are they doing in a horror movie? You're kind of like shaking your head and they're like, Oh, that's why. Uh, yep. because they're just, you know, they're going to bring the gravitas, the, the everything to it. You know, I think that's part of the appeal for me of uh, Jordan Peele stuff. Is that because he gets great performances out of great actors who are like, but they're in horror movies. You know, it's like normally, again, it's that whole thing. It's like, oh, well, if it's animated, it's for kids. If it's a horror movie, it's just uh, slasher, you know, slasher and boobs, Um, which don't get me wrong, I like slasher and boobs, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have to be just limited to that. It it can be, you know, horror is a range, right? Uh, And especially when you're pulling off anything psychological and going back, you mentioned hereditary earlier. Right. And Tony Colletti and that, like, you know, oh, there was a lot of buzz yeah. said, why wasn't she nominated for an Oscar? I'm like, absolutely. Because they, oh, totally. they were given an Oscar to a horror film. But, uh, well, they did, I guess, with Get Out, didn't they, for writing or something. Um, yeah, but they didn't but, give if ac- the actors. But credit. never the actors, right? And it's like, I think I think it's gaining perhaps more credibility uh, to oh. that, you know, just in terms of the, the, the net is so wide in terms of where productions are going to happen and what they are now that, you know, there's a lot more people fighting for, you know, the spaces, uh, the good spots in the lighting. Um, so Daniel Kaluuya in Nope is 
amazing, very underplayed performance. Oh, and I would, I, I, I just cannot wait to see what he's in next. I think he's, 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 he's one of those standout actors I've not yeah. really kind of felt attached to, in <laughs> a very long time. You know, yeah. but yeah, for me, that's one of the the things I like about it. You know, even when, or even if it is something schlocky, you're still getting a good performance. You mentioned Tremors earlier. Mm, that has yeah. far better performances pretty much from everyone. Yeah. Uh, almost everyone in that cast that like, gets any screen time. Oh, is Fred Ward is, is another one of those actors that, oh, that, yeah. that really deserved to be bigger than he was. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Wincott as well. Um, oh yes. Speaking of nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that, for me, that's one of the things I like, you know, again, uh, you could tell it's uh, the, Directors really working well with what they got, but also you know working well with their actors. You know, I think uh, mm. uh, you know the like the Final Destination movies are they you know are they entertaining? Absolutely, but they you know they make they make it do they make it work. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. It, it should be just uh, you know, uh, and they, they stop you looking at your it. watch <laughs> to see what exactly. time it's going to finish. Yeah, <laughs> and it's another one of things, sort of a self awareness of horror movie trappings. And trying to either work against them or work with them, address them, play with them. I think that's the entire Final Destination series is yep. uh, kind of just a laugh in the face for all the Jallo films. Where it's like, oh, you have to be in this specific spot at this specific time. And then you die in this really weird, specific way. And <laughs> it's like, you know, Jallo said it never made any sense. and then in, But in Final Destination, I'm like, oh, because death is coming for you, it's always looking for the opportunity. Right, and we're going to do right. these Rube Goldberg setups, and we're going to show you why. In the context of where you're at, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, that's again, it's it's paying attention to those kind of details and again getting performances out that sell it to me. That, you know, and I, that, that, really that touches works. on something quite interesting is that 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 I don't think we've we've touched on yet. We were t- sort of talking about like horror being this monolith, but <laughs> there there are there's so many subgenres to horror as oh. well you know yeah. you you got the art house horror so you you got you got the schlock horror you got in there they're all they all have their merits they're all fun uh, but they're all very very different um so i it's what i don't like when someone goes well i'm not really into horror it's like it's pretty broad you know yeah it's like i don't like um, music yeah yeah you're right <laughs> okay <laughs> all right fine um and if Move anyone's on. listening who um uh is looking into sort of making films i think a good direction to go in uh to learn the craft is compare good movies with bad sequels um, <laughs> because there's such good case studies on what works and what doesn't um like i think cameron made a great choice to follow up alien not with a horror really but with an action film that respectfully leverages the horror element from the first one that was a yeah. smart move um <clears throat> and again this goes back to subverting expectations mm-hmm. um uh, and then you look at something like david cronenberg's the fly and it's cash in follow up which I went to the cinema on the day of opening because I love the oh, fly. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, oh wow. boy, and there was a good yeah. performance in there too. But yeah, I think there was one line in the whole movie that I thought was worthwhile, and it was in the trailer for it, where um, 
you know, he's asked, you know, oh my God, you're getting worse. And he says it so well, I'm getting better. <laughs> and that's, I was sold. I was sold on it. I went to go see it and it was like, gosh, that, 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 you know, five second line is really the only worthwhile <laughs> exactly. bit of this. Somebody movie. owes me big. <laughs> Did you not understand the first movie? <laughs> and I remember going into it going, and, huh, I wonder why Gina Davis wasn't involved with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, here's your answer. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just, just comparing good movies to bad sequels is probably a good exercise they can write a thesis on it in whatever film school well that could be another one of our our things too the the remakes or sequels that actually work or excel or you know we touched on one of them which i thought was uh you know exorcist 2 do not bother with exorcist 3 definitely bother with you know oh yeah well exorcist to god knows what they were thinking uh, that, that that's to the well, level of the fly isn't it exactly the fly too it's like hey look money yeah yeah, yeah. but i think um, that could be a whole other separate discussion for us <laughs> or or um another interesting one might be um films that had sequels that crossed over into a different uh, genre uh because yeah, that's yeah. happened a few times um and i find that quite quite interesting mm-hmm. uh yeah it's like uh, yeah there's several with that like you mentioned uh, alien and aliens but i'd also go with the howling uh, the howling series and where that went yep oh um, that's the, the, the very interesting sequels. directions but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in space yeah, <laughs> you <exactly>. know <laughs> in the hood um, in space in yeah yeah they, they eventually got to the point where you know they they were you know the multiverse stuff started happening a long time ago where you mm-hmm. sort of went and what well, what if if Jason fought Freddy and uh, you know or or you know fought Michael Myers and and you know they they had these these cash-ins all the time. Um, well, and let's talk about you know if we're going to go that route, uh, uh, Abbott Costello meet the Wolfman. Oh, we right. finally got the Universal Monsters together until right. until Monster Squad. That's all we had. Well, that was one of my favorites growing up. And, yeah, Monster Squad is great uh, uh, as well. But again, separate topic. Talking about the elements of horror, right? Yeah, I, I okay. should just as we got ten minutes. I've gone through all the the the, the things I've noted down. Um, but I thought maybe we could spend these last ten minutes talking about the the horror that sort of formed us growing up. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I could. Um, uh, yeah. Well, what was the first horror movie that that really made an impression on you? Oh, um, well, and it's tough to you know at this point because everything's going, and I, especially mm. memory, it's like in terms of uh, sequence. You know, when when Jaws came out, you know, I was seven, but God, did I want right. to see it? When mm. you know, Friday Thirteenth came out, I was what ten, and I was my sister went and saw it. And I was so jealous, and she doesn't <laughs> like horror movies. So she's like, oh, it was icky this. I'm like, tell me more. But she couldn't. You know. uh, <laughs> uh, so thankfully, home video market entered and was able to start you know, getting my hands on these things and getting appropriately scarred by them uh, or motivated by them, right? Because probably yeah. the first you know, first ones that came in, um, uh, because you could watch them on regular TV, uh, Psycho and the Birds. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that's Which, great. again, yeah. still hold up, I would you know, Yeah. 
Uh, there's uh, especially the birds. It's just you. You want that whole thing of of not explaining a damn thing, but just making it terrifying. Oh, and totally. That's like the king of those. <laughs> you know. Oh, um, you think? But then think uh, about that. The birds. Yeah. Just going back to what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's on an isolated island. It has an ending that who knows what happened next. <laughs> yeah. um, it sets everything up in the first half and subverts it in the second half of the movie. Um, yeah, terrific movie. Well, and you know, again, it's another thing. It's, it's flying into the face of horror. They're just birds. What's the big yeah. deal? Yeah. <laughs> but no, let me show you. Um, so uh, uh, The Shining was one that hit hard for me just because mm. I used to, where I grew up was oh. in the middle of nowhere. So that whole idea of the isolation in winter thing was like, oh, yeah, that's like home. Uh. <laughs> My sister took me to go see that at an inappropriate age when it was released. Oh, wow. And I remember vividly being in the cinema and not wanting to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I I found it so unpleasant. Um, And similarly, she took me to go see Poltergeist. And so growing up, those are the two films that Mm -hmm. I think I saw in the cinema, uh, which I shouldn't have, um, and really left an impression on me. Yeah. Um, And also, I remember one time, and I can't, I must have been seven or eight years old, and my parents uh, left me at home alone, and I was watching cable television, and uh, a commercial came on, and it was like from the mind of Robert Romero, and I was like, oh, what's this? And it just had like a, a, a elevator door, um, and it kept saying, you know, the, the, the maker of, you know, Dawn of the Dead and all this other stuff. Well, actually, I think it was an ad for Dawn of the Dead, and <laughs> it... The, the it sort of keeps zooming down the hall to the elevator and then the elevator doors open and just the quiet is gone and these zombies come pouring just, out and it freaked me out stuck with me for such a long time um i remember turning off the television turning on the lights in the house <laughs> it, it did what was what it was meant meant to do. Yeah. Um, I don't care that I, they're blue. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> uh, but I also remember really creepy things, not great movies. Um, you know, movies like food of the gods being on television, mm-hmm. which had like these giant rats and really kind of hokey, mm-hmm. you know, they, they ate the food and the animals got big. There's giant wasp and all this, uh, <laughs> but they tended to be really gory, you know? Um, yeah. Surprisingly, uh, so yeah. Su- surprisingly gory, and I'm trying to think of a few others. There was that m- movie um, about the rats. I think they made the sequel. Willard uh, was mm-hmm. it Ben or something like that? I, just, mm-hmm. I think it was Ben. Um, but really weird movies, and yep. then you had like things like the Andromeda Strain as well, mm-hmm. uh, which was like television sci-fi, but. As a kid, I remember thinking of that as horror because it was, it was really weird and unsettling, yeah. and I didn't know what right. was going on. Um. <laughs> yeah, so for me, uh, Exorcist is the Exorcist and Jaws are the tie for those mm. that messed me up the most uh, right. as a kid. Like you know, I to this day, I still you know deep water. Time. I still assume it doesn't matter what it could be a pool. So I, don't, I assume there's a shark there. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be uh, on the safe side. Yeah. Exactly. Better, um, better not go. Uh, 
Uh, you know, that, that, that same idea that like they had that kind of impression, right? You know, like uh, I remember my grandmother telling me after she saw Psycho, you know, she was a younger woman uh, Ooh, yeah, and she wouldn't take yeah. a shower. She oh, refused no. to get into the shower and she'd take a bath or something like that or make sure the door was locked and maybe put a chair under the doorknob or, you know, like the impact was so yeah. strong because the, the, the scenario was so clear. Psycho is another one of those ones. It Again, like the birds halfway through completely subverts expectation. Yeah. But at, yeah, very visceral. Uh, you know, you, you the, the shower scene would would get referenced all the time, so you would at least see bits of it, or at least hear that damn music, you know, <laughs> which just sends it sends a chill up your spine. And actually, uh, human yeah, monster, uh, right, right. That's the one for me. That that was the first one I could think of. You know, the, uh, you know, The Shining gets it as well a bit, but you understand why he loses his mind and what happens to him there too, but that's the, the human monsters. The fact oh, yeah. that then yeah. your idea, you know, it could be anyone, right? It's not like, right. Uh, and, well, and introducing it in such a way that was just so well done, you know, that, that too, uh, really. Well, that's a really me. good point. Uh, I, earlier we were talking about, you know, the overuse of gore or how you use gore. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's not oh yeah! Worried. Oh, it's uh, very controlled. Um, By comparison, right? It's like at the time it seemed like, and you know, with a well, title like it, that, of course, meant to be schlocky, right? But right. the like the concept of it, it was was really measured and it's really well done in that movie. Yeah, you know, I yeah. Think same with I mean, uh, uh, it's the same. There's a, like basically because you know they, they're on a tight budget, they can't show a lot of what they want to do, so they have to create you know through mood setting right you know that sort of thing editing yeah, all sequence, that you know uh, oh he picks exactly. up the chainsaw there's the walking toward the person da, da, yeah. da, da, there's the shadow uh, you, you know your mind fills in the just rest the, just the guy's body's twitching in the doorway you know after he hits it with right. a hammer uh, uh but oh. um hills have eyes i think would fall into that right. same yeah yeah um, uh and and you know in a good yeah yeah, exactly. That creepy hillbilly way, which is fine because hillbillies are creepy. You know, it's who I grew up with, so I, I know of what I speak. Uh, yeah, kind of any, moving the... that was set in the forest because uh, yeah, we were we were we were in the middle of it. Um... <laughs> right. But those were, I think, yeah, those were probably the main ones that had the biggest, you know, the early, early in my life uh, impact that, that I saw anyway. You know, obviously there yeah. were some others later that I saw that were you know, predated that or, or around the same time, but didn't know about them or have access to them until much later that, uh, yeah. you know, if I'd seen them at the time would have. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and also at that time we had the whole, um, moral crusade, uh, yeah. around the videos, um, yeah. and dungeons and dragons and all of that, you know, heavy metal music, you know, you name it. They, they were well, trying to the, stop it. If you watch the, like last year we watched the Friday 13th movies in succession. Mm-hmm. And if you watch, and it's like the, is it the third one or the fourth one where they basically, there was such a backlash against the gore and the kill scenes, the kill scenes are like, you don't see them. Like you see, you know, it's that, that same I thing you were talking about. Third you see Jason fourth, swing yeah. the swing the machete, but it doesn't make contact. You just know, right. oh, that person's dead. Like they reel it so in, it's like it's totally PG. 
Right. Like, it's still rated R, <laughs> but it's like, but that's not a, no, you just neutered this series. I mean, they, they got back to it a little later or started to try to incorporate it differently, but, you know, they were the, the, the worst offenders in the 80s, which is, that's saying something, right? Uh, but you could hold that. You could hold it, though, uh, and it's that weird thing, right, that weird dichotomy, especially in the 80s. Uh, you could hold that up against uh, uh, First Blood Part Two or yep. uh, RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something like that, where it's just like the violence is just so much more horrific. <laughs> yeah. But because it's not in a horror movie, like it hits yeah. differently, so it hits harder. So I think you're, yeah, your you're notion oh, of the crossover idea is... Kind of Temple of Doom, you know? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Reach into someone's chest, grab their heart. <laughs> you know, it's, um, uh, you know, pretty horrific. Um, but, but yeah, there was a bit of a kickback on that. I do remember sitting next to uh, uh, a good friend of mine in middle school, Jeff, who used to bring in Fangoria magazines all the time. Nice. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and that was like amazing. Oh, and, and also not seeing alien until I was much older, but someone brought in like the graphic novel of alien. Uh, and that was an amazing experience. I think it was about sixth grade. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we've laid the foundations for our Halloween episodes as we just passed the hour. Indeed. Um, Right. Necktie. Nectar. Nickel. Two oceans.